Hi there. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Yep. I likely won't celebrate 100 birthdays and I won't have a 100th wedding anniversary. I, I probably won't have $100 million in the bank ever, but I can definitely celebrate the fact that I have had 100 episodes of yours truly sharing what God put on my heart and hoping to inspire you kind of point you to Jesus and sometimes wake you up (laughs) along this journey of 100 podcast episodes. I've learned a lot about myself and I'm so thankful that I'm able to reach thousands of people across the globe with the message of Jesus and hope and inspiration. So in celebration of 100 episodes, let me just say, um, I should have probably started out this podcast with a little different music. And that's the kind of music to celebrate too, but I don't have the rights to it and I don't want to pay for it. So I'm still celebrating inside. Um, I'm, I'm dancing at my desk. I'm dancing in my little podcast studio because we, again, are having the 100th episode. And again, let me just say a shout out to all the wonderful people who regularly tune into this podcast the way the metrics show, only about a third of my listeners actually download the podcast, but thousands more tune in and listen. And I thank you for that. I thank you for us all sharing this podcast uh, because that's how people find out about it. And when you do, and you're encouraging me along the way, I greatly appreciate it. It means so much. So thank you to every listener across the globe, and especially to those in the United States, Japan, and Taiwan who make up the bulk of my listeners. Why? I have no idea, but I'm thankful for you. Thank you so much. You're a blessing to me. Now other countries, please get get on board. Get on that bandwagon. <laughs> get inspired. <laughs> All right, so on with today's podcast, which is titled, Well Done. I don't mean well done as in, how do you like your steak cooked? But well done in a different way. And we'll get into that in just a moment. But first, as always with every episode, we're going to jump right into some pod quotes. Yep, I've got some pod quotes for you. I know you're shocked. (laughs) All right. Um, These are uh, some that have really just triggered me in a, a beautiful way. Ready? All right. So the first one is from Billy Graham. Our world is obsessed with success, but how does God define success? Success in God's eyes is faithfulness to his calling. And one directly from scripture, Deuteronomy 31, 8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. That is my 100th set of pod quotes. Again, celebrating. Woo, 100. (laughs) All right. So I was reminded the other day of something that happened years ago many years actually, my husband and I took a ride on this scenic railroad in Tennessee. It was loads of fun. I still have very vivid memories of that train ride and how much we enjoyed it. It didn't hurt that it was during the fall, so the colors of the leaves were at peak season. It was gorgeous. It was amazing. And one of the train trestles we went on was extremely high. Don't ask me how high because I can't recall, but it was an amazing um, vantage point to see the mountains and the colors from up there. And we could see for miles across the Appalachian mountain range. But 
and the Smoky Mountain Range too as well. But one of the things that stood out to me the most, besides the gorgeous views and the guitarist playing on the train, which was awesome, was this couple that we got to see multiple times along the route. So after we got on our first leg of the journey, we traveled a few miles through these wooded areas. Then we came to a long stretch where the train track was right up on the upper side of uh, the banks of a river. And on the opposite bank of the river was this red truck. And on the hood of the truck was a couple. The couple was dressed like Raggedy Ann and Andy, the the dolls. So on the hood of the truck, they had this huge checkerboard blanket and ginormous checkers. They were playing checkers on the hood of the truck. And um, then they turned and waved at all the people on the train. It was odd, but really cute. Everybody was laughing about it. Then about 10 miles later, we came up over a hill to a large field. And smack dab in the middle of the field, there was the same couple dressed as Raggedy Ann and Andy with a boom box on the hood of their truck. It was like, it was a huge oversized exaggerated boom box and they were playing music and they were dancing together in front of the truck. Um, he spun her around. They did the hand jive and some other dances. It was really cute. And then some miles later, back up near the river, we came upon another clearing and there on the other bank was this same truck with this same couple. They had this huge bike that looked like it was from a three ring circus, you know, a, a big top show bike. And uh, she was sitting on the handlebars, kicking her feet and he was trying to pedal it. Every time we saw this couple throughout the day, which were numerous times. They were doing something cute and really hilarious. Apparently, as soon as the train would pass, they'd quickly load up their truck and dash to the next clearing or the next crossing so they'd be there when the train came by again. And the last time we saw them, we were passing a bridge. Um, the railroad crossing was on one side of the bridge and just past the crossing in the middle of the road, there they were with a blanket on their truck on the hood of their truck, an oversized, huge basket with these, which were big props, huge props that looked like gigantic sandwiches, the size of a small tire, and these humongous soda fountain drinks. It was easy to see because they were so large and it, no, so no matter where you were sitting on the train, you could see what was going on. It was so cute. Um, obviously again, not real food, but they were pretending to have a picnic. And just before the viewing, uh, the viewing cars chugged on down the track past them, Raggedy Ann and Andy stood up on the truck, on the hood of the truck where the picnic basket was. They held up this big sign that said, that said, Jesus loves you. And then they turned their backs to us. They bent over and flipped up their shirts and on their behinds were the words, bye y'all. <laughs> the whole train was laughing. It was really cute. After we stopped for the day when we asked some of the staff on the train why they didn't advertise that there was entertainment and, uh, you know, on this tour, because we thought it would bring even more people to the train. And one of the staff said that about 10 years before that, this couple just started showing up at various spots along the route. And almost every single weekend since then, when the weather permitted, there they were. They weren't a part of this organized thing. They, they were not a part of the train. You never knew if they were going to be Raggedy Ann and Andy, or sometimes apparently they came in other characters. She said it was a retired couple who just loved to entertain people. And, and you know, I thought, wow, you know, this was, this was amazing because they were doing this 
without direct gratitude, without accolades, without applause. They were always such a distance from the train that they could have been, you know, unable. They would never, never been able to see people's faces or hear people clapping or laughing or anything like that. Uh, maybe they got close enough a few times, like when they were in the road to see people wave, but that's about it. They were never sure how their efforts would pan out. Did people enjoy it? Were they laughing? Did they think it was stupid? Did they applaud or think they were crazy? But still, they did it nonetheless because it, it was a passion of theirs and they loved doing it. So I remembered this couple the other day when we were watching a show that had a scenic railway in it. And it's a memory I love. And I wonder after all these years what happened to this couple. They may or not may not still be on this earth. And, and that made me wonder if they have any idea how many people's fond memories that they live in. I wonder how many people like me look back and think how entertaining they were. But also, I wonder how many people saw that sign that said Jesus loves you and it imprinted in their minds and in their memories. The simplest, smallest thing they did in their whole day may have been the first note that someone on that train had ever read about Jesus. There were people from all over the world on that train with us, and some may have never even heard who Jesus was. That one small gesture, gesture could set in motion a journey for, for one person to find out who Jesus is. That one simple thing could have been the spark that someone else needed to maybe even reignite their faith or dig deeper into finding out who Jesus is and why this Jesus loves them. So it also got me to thinking about how many of us do things mostly when we can be seen doing them or prefer to only give or donate or take action uh, or give of ourselves and our time and talent and make good choices only when we can see the outcome for sure. Only when we can take some accolades and attaboys for it or, or when we, without a doubt, know that something good is going to come out of it. How often do we do something good and right just because it's good and right or serve someone else or serve God only when it's easy for us to do? Um, is that what we're doing? Or is, is, is that thing only done because we are fairly certain that we're going to make a difference or even certain that we'll get a pat on the back and hear great job and well done from someone. You know, the Bible says in James four seventeen that whomever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, that is sin. But so often many of us know the right thing to do, yet we don't do it because it seems as if it'll be too difficult or too challenging or just not fun or we're just not enough into whatever that is and we're more into ourselves so we don't think it'll be worth it. And no, this couple didn't have some spiritual or religious mandate to put on these little performances for people along the train route, although that doesn't mean that they weren't called by God to do it. Only that couple and God know what led them to do it. But it definitely seems as if they were gifted and shared their gifts and talents. And they planted a seed about Jesus along the way. When I think about being called, I can't help though, but think this week especially of two things. Uh, one, which is the smallest and least important of the two things, is this podcast. I may not be running up and down a road, making people laugh and waving signs about Jesus, but I definitely felt called and led to start this podcast a few years ago. It took 
uh, more than a bit of courage to do it. I thought, who in the world wants to hear from me? But God kept pulling me towards it. Sometimes walking out in obedience to do something can be painful or it's difficult and scary. And this, it, this was the way it was for me with this podcast. Sometimes it just seems like too much or too much of a chore, too much territory that I haven't covered, too much of a pain. I mean, I am not a tech whiz by any means. Getting all the equipment, learning how to use it, taking time to learn new things and figure out the world of podcasting, which I'm still doing. It, it was a lot and it still is a, a lot. Keeping up with a, a, a con consistent schedule and consistent content and doing online marketing, which I'm horrible at, and uploading and downloading and all that crazy stuff. All new things to me a few years ago. But with God's help and some, some people that he put in place for me and some friends, I did it. I'm still doing it and I'm still learning every day. But I do it because I feel called to do so. It's about obedience and conquering the fear of the unknown most of the time. And as a friend recently reminded me, it's about having victory over insecurity. Reminding myself that if I'm called to do it, then God has a reason for it. And I may not know all the reasons or all of the people that I will reach for Jesus, but I still have to do it. I won't necessarily see the outcomes uh, of this podcast. I have no idea. But I have to have faith and trust that as I'm serving God, that there is a reason and a purpose for it. So the only other choice is not to face and conquer my insecurities and then live in disobedience to the Lord. And outside his will and in disobedience is not where I want to be. I've lived there before. It's miserable. It's not someplace I want to be. So that's one thing that was on my mind when I thought of all of this. And the other thing that is so much greater, so much bigger, is the number two of the one and two that came to my mind. It's far, far more important than what I just shared with you about this podcast, because it's about Jesus and Jesus's courage, Jesus's obedience and his willingness to overcome his fear and anxiety to willingly die on the cross for our sins. Yeah, he willingly did so. He was born to it. He was called to it, gifted for a time such as that and for all eternity. But the Bible tells us he had a choice. One of the criminals hanging on a cross near Jesus when he was crucified shouted at Jesus and said, Hey, you're supposed to be the Messiah. Why don't you get yourself off that cross? But in John ten eighteen, Jesus clearly tells us that no one will take his life. He is giving it freely. Even though before the crucifixion, Satan tempted Jesus and told him, hey, just don't do it. You can have, look, look, you can have the whole world. Satan let Jesus know he had options, but Jesus didn't take the, the bait at all. He stood firm in humbleness and out of obedience to please his heavenly father, to serve his heavenly father and to serve us, to save us. He chose you and me. He chose his father's wishes and to walk the journey that he was born to walk and to die on and to be resurrected on. You know, one day I believe most of us, if not all of us, want to see God face to face and hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Like the servant is told in Matthew twenty three twenty one. So much of my life in the church, I've heard this phrase. And as it, it is the desire of many Christians, as well as the desire of my heart and my spirit as well, is to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. But what does that mean? Does it mean we will hear that if 
we are faithful to keep all the Ten Commandments every day of our lives? Does it mean that we will hear that from our Heavenly Father as long as we are 100% obedient all the time? If we never doubt, if we never stray, if we never fear, if we, if we make amends for every wrong, will we hear that? If, we've, if, if everything we've done and we make sure that the scales of justice um, are tipping in our favor, that our rights tip heavier than our wrongs, is that when we'll hear it? No, none of that. N- none of that. So what is true faithfulness to God that will cause us to hear those words, well done? What will that mean to hear that phrase said to us? And, and what do we have to do in order to hear it? What we can't do, first and foremost, is save ourselves. That's already been done. We, we don't have to die on the cross, thanks to Jesus. We're forgiven of our sins. He sacrificed for us. And we shouldn't be walking around like any works or any amount of serving that we do will get us into the kingdom of heaven. Because that won't. That's not what the phrase well done is about. To hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant from Jesus. First, you need to make sure you are saved. The unbelieving, those who are outside of the Lord, who do not have a relationship with him, will never hear those words because without faith, it is impossible to please God, number one. And without believing in him, you'll never have an opportunity to please him and grow in your faith. So first of all, you have to belong to him and recognize that you belong to him and submit to him and accept him and believe on him. And then we need to remember that this phrase that we want to hear actually says something very specific. If it's said to you, well done, my good and faithful servant, that means you're being called a servant. That means you're willingly serving. That means you have to serve to serve the Lord. Does that mean that you have to sign up for every volunteer program in the community and at your church? No. And I emphasize that because there are a lot of people out there doing good. They, they are. There's a lot of people doing good, no doubt. And that's important. But many people are running around doing good as if doing all the good is going to get them some sort of spiritual and heavenly browning points and a place in heaven seated with the Lord. Doing good isn't necessarily going to line up with doing godly things either. So when you're in a relationship with the Lord, you can ask and you can seek and he will help you find a whole array of godly things that he wants you to do that fall in line with your journey and the purpose he has for you here things that fall in line with your gifts and your talents that he's blessed you with, like dressing up like Raggedy Ann and Andy, or starting a podcast, or cleaning yards for people, or taking care of babies in the nursery at church, or going out to feed and minister to the homeless. Yeah, there are loads of ways to serve God, you know, by becoming involved in your local churches and in ministries, going on missions, giving money to godly causes, being an intercessory prayer warrior or a prayer partner with someone else, just being kind, being generous, telling others about your faith, holding up a sign that says Jesus loves you. There are many ways, but in order to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, you have to have the heart of a servant and be willing to serve God wherever and however he calls you to serve and not with a heart that is selfish or motivated for the wrong reasons. Just trying to make sure that people see that you're doing good. 
or thinking you're going to get those spiritual brownie points with God. That's not what it's about. If you think doing good for others will just spare you some heartache in the future or doing good looks great on your resume or saying you're serving God by saying yes to every single volunteer program in your church, even if you're not really called to it, um, you think that's going to get you into heaven. It's not. You know, you can't do all of those things and then live like hell the rest of the week. Now, that's not walking the path of being a good and faithful servant. And doing something one time a year because you feel pressured to do it by someone who has asked you is not being a faithful servant. Sometimes it doesn't make sense what God wants us to do. I mean, sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it seems crazy or it's uncomfortable and even painful. But if he calls you to it, he will equip you to do it. And he'll give you the support along the way. And I can honestly say he will bless you in ways you never imagined because of your faithfulness. Because this journey in serving him is about serving him and reaching other people in the name of the Lord. But it's also about growing who you are. It's about God shaping and molding you into the kind of servant with a servant's heart that he wants you to have so that one day you will hear those words that you so much want to hear. Sometimes it's hard to really do the godly thing because it takes sacrificing time. Sometimes it takes sacrificing money or just a large amount of effort. But when it comes down to it, that's what we're supposed to do. Do what the Bible says is right. Always. Acts 5.29 tells us that we must obey God rather than man. And sometimes obeying God means saying no to man. Sometimes it means saying yes. But again, when you're praying and in a relationship with God, you ask him to guide you when you're supposed to have your yes be a yes and your no be a no and not be embarrassed, afraid, or scared to say either one. And, and let us not forget that through all of this, whatever it is you're called to do in order to serve, all the while you should be glorifying God while you're doing it, praising Jesus and telling people about him right in the midst of whatever it is. I mean, whatever it is, you can step into it with the heart and mindset to give God the glory and to show the love of Jesus to other people, just like Raggedy Ann and Andy did, just like I'm doing on this podcast. And, and I'm no great example, and neither are they. We're just simple people loving God and showing people who Jesus is in a way that we were called to serve. So I try hard to do that through this podcast, no matter the topic that comes to me, whatever God lays on my heart, serious or silly, faith filled or funny filled. I try to always point it back to Jesus and make sure he is the reason for the episode, that he is the one that I glorify because this podcast from the beginning is about one woman who is inspired by God's love and the truth of who Jesus Christ is. Nothing else. That's what it's about. So Yes, I talk about the everyday and the ordinary and the ridiculous, but in the middle of it is that thread of extraordinary Jesus. It's the faith and, and the blessings I get from belonging to him and being his servant that I so much want to share with other people so they can have that same blessing and know him too. So my hope and prayer is that if you have felt as if you're not serving God the way you should or not serving him at all, that you'll gather some courage, knowing that he is calling you to serve. 
he's calling you to serve him some way and somehow he calls us all. And, and just, I, I encourage you to find out what that call is for you at this time in your life and be obedient to it. It could be something different now versus what he wants you to do in six months. It could be something that he, he puts a spark in you and you do now for the next 20 years, but be courageous in it. Be like Jesus in it. Like I quoted in Deuteronomy at the very beginning in the pod quote, he is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's got you in this. He's got you. He'll build you up to help you be courageous, to be like Jesus in it. Jesus, our Messiah, who freely gave up his life to hang on a cross and die for us, who was resurrected and is going to return for us, who's given us a hope of all hopes and eternal life through him. There is no greater gift. There's been no greater service and no greater servant than Jesus. And we're supposed to be like him. He said, yes. And God is waiting for us to say yes too. And so prayerfully, you can also one day hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Thank you so much for tuning in to this special 100th episode podcast, uh, or 100th podcast episode. <laughs> of the Woman Inspired Podcast. I am so glad you're here to celebrate with me. Please, please like, follow, share this podcast, and uh, maybe we will uh, celebrate our 150th in the next year. Uh, that would be fabulous as well. I'd love to grow uh, this podcast to reach more countries, to reach uh, thousands more people, and uh, that relies on you and not just me. So I hope that you will share this. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. If you want more information about this podcast or how to find me on social media, social media, just pop on out to womaninspired.com. All of the details are there. Thank you. And I pray till next time that you praise Jesus, that you share Jesus and you serve Jesus.